Hi everybody, welcome to um, Better Homes and Dungeons. Um, today, I, as always, I've got a really cool vest who's a cool guest. Josh has forgotten how to speak. This is great. Good work. <laughs> You're doing great. I'm doing great. I'm not restarting. This is good energy. I like it. Um, and I've got a very cool guest who has made a very cool thing that I really like. Um, my friend, who are you? What, what, what did you make? What, what do you do? Oh, hi. Uh, so I'm Diana. I, um, what do I do is a weird and big question. Cause I don't know the answer to that. Uh, what I've done most recently is I published, um, a Neverland, uh, inspired D and D five E setting guide, uh, plus adventure module. Um, that it has been basically like a huge, huge dream and project for me, um, kind of come to fruition. Uh, there are other things that I do, but that is the thing that I have done the most. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So I'm, now I, I've had a bit of a read through of this a couple of times, um, just wanting to get acquainted with it, feel comfortable with it. I... There is one thing that you, okay, so if you had to summarize this for someone who has never really been in, who, who's got a little bit of experience, say, in 5e, but has never really, like, played around in a, um, in a not 5e setting, how would you put them to, how would you put this to people? Sure. Uh, so how I would put this to people is if you're familiar with 5e and, uh, you want to add this into something that you are comfortable with. You can kind of think of it as like, it's in the same vein as like going to the Feywild for, you know, for a session or two, which I think like a lot of campaigns have done where you like, you wind up doing like a little ex excavation to the, to the Feywild. Um, this is meant either as a full campaign starter or as something you can throw into the middle as something where you need to maybe escape a big bad that you're not ready for uh, or to buy more time for something that you need to lead up to to create tension in a in in an ongoing uh, conflict within the party there are different kinds of scenarios where i imagined this being useful but really all it is, is it's completely independent. It's a fully formed setting outside of the realm of Dungeons and Dragons canon, where you can go and send your characters to go and, and play in a completely new sandbox. That is kind of what it's there for. And it's a pretty cool sandbox too I, I like the allusion to the fey wild because my interpretation of the fey is they're not good and bad are the wrong terms to use for them yeah they are the fey yeah mm -hmm. like selfish They're... assholes is a great label but mm -hmm. that's only if that's like a human label that we're trying to apply yeah. to something that is not human exactly in i feel like in 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 Tabletop RPGs, it almost always goes in the evil direction, though. When you wind up in the Feywild, you wind up with, like, 
the evil kind of fae. Or like even if you are turning to like some of my other favorite games like Changing Lost, it does always like seem to veer in the direction that they're all evil. But really I wanted to kind of dial that back a little bit and really make the fae the like amoral the completely moral directionless creatures that i think <laughs> that they're supposed to be where they can uh feel in either direction any direction but but they don't all lend themselves one way or the other um and uh and i hope that i've done that i got a couple of uh, I've got a couple of pieces of feedback that told me that they picked that up, so I'm happy about that. Um, so that's good. <laughs> no, I, I would agree. Like reading through also like the um, the entry for Pan, it's very clear that this was like one way of looking at it is Peter Pan is in some ways like a very very scary character because he takes children and takes them to an island where they fight a dot what what i know it's weird it's and weird... it's like hold up a second <laughs> yeah so this is this is what this is where this came from mm. so i'll tell you exactly where this came from for me Please do. so i um i grew up loving peter pan not really because of the book uh, i had a copy i didn't read it it colored all over it in fact and then put it back on the shelf when i was a little little kid but I grew up loving the story because of Mary Martin's Peter Pan, which go back and watch it. It's absolutely horrifically offensive. However, I loved the musical aspect of it as a kid. I loved the puppet show on the walls. Yada, yada. Also, maybe something about uh, women in drag. I, I don't know. There are a lot of elements to why I may have really latched on to that show uh, growing up. So I watched it a lot as a kid over and over again. And then kind of forgot about it a little bit. And then as a teenager, as like a young, like still kind of closeted queer weirdo teenager, I like wandered back into my like family bookshelf and pulled this like colored all over book <laughs> off the shelf and read and sat down and read the novel like in one sitting, like in my dad's work chair. And I was like, this is what that story's about? Because I don't think anybody knows this. <laughs> like, I don't think we're all delusional and watching a different story. Uh, because there are so many things in this novel that are not at all seen in the play or i mean god forbid in the mouse interpretation which is just not not remotely let's um, not talk about that there are problems with old mouse <laughs> and the new mouse, mouse don't get me wrong jane and barry also offensive but the mouse was like how can we beat this how can we make it work <laughs> hold my beer uh, <laughs> <laughs> They, they really took it to the next level. Um, uh, but so that's when I became obsessed with this story, truly, is when I, I realized that this story that I loved was missing 
pieces from this author that were like screaming at me. It was like, I, I mean, the one that, that sticks out to me the most is that we all think that, that Peter Pan is about not wanting to grow up, not wanting to take responsibility, right? That's what we've nicknamed Peter Pan syndrome, right? Is when a guy doesn't want to like mature and like doesn't want to like take responsibility or, or commit or whatever we call it. We say that he's got Peter Pan syndrome. But I don't think that that's what Dan Barry is talking about at all when he is saying that Peter Pan doesn't want to grow up because everything that Peter Pan is saying throughout this entire story is that he doesn't want to accept his role that comes with growing up. He doesn't want to become a man. He's envious of Wendy, of her name, of the way she looks, the way she talks, everything. He's not anything else but envious of her. And that's how J.M. Barry describes him. Uh, he doesn't like grown men. That's, he just hates them. And that's his whole rivalry with, with Hook. And Hook's rivalry with Pan is not that he's a, an evil person that is killing off his pirates. It's not that he took his hand. It's that he refuses to grow up. Hook's mad that Pan won't become a man. And Pan is mad that Hook became a man. And they're mad at each other because of this. And that's their whole feud. And so... I don't know if I, when people ask that question that everybody asks at parties, which is like, you know, the seance question, if you could seance like one dead person to come and talk and like, you know, ask them a bunch of questions, it'd be J.M. Barry. And I'd be like, what is going on? <laughs> what was really, what was really happening here? Because it's not about, it's not about age. It's, there's something else. Yeah, That's it almost kind of feels like um, J.M. Barry is a creative person in that particular time period. Part of me is now thinking, dude, you and your father had issues, and I think you needed to talk a lot. Well, so Maybe, yeah. there was there was that, but he also, um, you know. He also wrote into, I mean, what I think it is, is I think it's, I think there's, I think there's gender things at play. That's, that's what I think the stories are about, which could also be me projecting my feelings onto it. And I'm totally willing to accept that, uh, possibly. I, I would need convincing, but, I, but I it's definitely possible. <laughs> I, but I, but I, I do think there's more to it. The, the, the basics was that I read this and I heard so much more from the pages of this book than what was told to me by the, by the, by the television and, and by the other tellings of this story. And I just was like, this is more than I thought. Uh, it was and then I became obsessed with it because of that because I felt like the story was hidden from me in plain sight you know like you you think you know this story and you don't it's so much deeper than that uh, and so 
I've really just spent so much of my life thinking about it and and seeking out different versions of it and finding different ways to interpret it. And somewhere along the lines there, I um, realized that my two favorite things in the world would make a great team. <laughs> so uh, the other one being RPGs. So uh, that's kind of just how that happened, I guess. And that's very cool. No, I'm, I, I like that you got something, I would say, far more interesting than like a, what a lot of us get when we, you know, look, my primary thing of, okay, I have not seen the Peter Pan Disney movie. You can skip I, it. Okay, I, I have fine. no intention of going back and watching that. Like, my <laughs> main, like, you know, Peter Pan experience was a um, an animated series that I think had Tim Curry do the voice. Oh, my God. That's your primary experience with Peter Pan? That and Hook. <laughs> that and Hook. That, okay, Hook's good. Hook's good. But, Hook's oh, fine. my I'm, God. I mean, I love yeah. Tim Curry. Don't get me wrong. Please don't come for me, Tim Curry fans. Love him. But no Tim Curry fans a, at me. That's Bring a, it. That's no, a no, rough. No, <laughs> <laughs> that is a rough. That's a rough intro to the source yeah. material. <laughs> <laughs> if I can recommend anything to anyone, it's the 2003 live-action Peter Pan with Jeremy Sumter and and Jason Isaacs. It's it's probably it's probably the closest thing to the source material. Like that's ever been made into into a decent to watch film um uh, and that's actually like hook is going to be a close second because while nothing in hook happens in jay and barry's book they keep the spirit of each character completely alive Every, mm -hmm. you know like hook's character smee's character uh even like the idea of peter pan at the end of the novel when he decides to grow up like there there's there's so many things that they keep uh the spirit alive of in hook so i think that it kind of counts as canon to me um yeah it, it's it's yeah. like when when you read like a good expanded novel expanded universe novel of your favorite intellectual property and you're like yeah this is this is good i'm, I'm keeping this I accept. yes yeah. i i Except, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm glad they kept Admiral Thrawn in Star Wars. That's great. Um, <laughs> I I like those books. They were great. Um, now, one thing, and this is this is something that is like indulgent to me, as and this is something that I I really want you to open up if if we can. One of the things you wrote in the introduction to this. Um, was the non-violence option due to the fact that these characters may be kids. One of the criticisms or observations, whatever, of, of Fifth Ed is that, look, this is a combat simulator with a social system, like, shoehorned on in there. I, I would love to see more non-violent options in yeah. fifth ed how how would you 
how would you incorporate this into adventures like this? And what kind of systems would you use? So, um, all right. So during our play tests, all we did, because we had a mixed group, we had a couple of adult characters, a couple of kid characters in the, mm. in the same party. So I kind of let the cast of that drive me. They, they sort of, um, led the way and when they instigated combat, I didn't stop them, but all attacks on them were, uh, were non-lethal. It was just like a, no kids can, can die. And that was, that's just the rule that we settled on in that, in, in our particular game. Anything is non-lethal. You know, if anything, they get, they get pushed back and the adult characters can come forward and they can continue the combat. Uh, however, all bets are off. I actually, for when writing this game for D&D, which I didn't initially want to do. Initially, I wanted to write this game for Changes in the Lost, which I am converting it to right now. And that should be done in like a week. Uh, with Changes in the Lost, it's going to be a lot less combat-oriented. Uh, um, D&D... I will say two things. One, I don't think that my target audience is the type that cares that D&D is a combat simulator. I think that the people who are buying my product uh, are more in my camp where they just say, whatever the rules are, we are gonna do what we want. We're gonna tell the story we want. Um, and I hope that I've catered to that crowd the most. However, if you do want it to be heavy on combat, I actually discouraged in the intro making your party children. Hmm. None of the NPCs are portrayed as children in the setting. Uh, Pan, Hook, Smee, uh, the mermaids are all written to be uh, uh, adult characters in this version of the setting because on top of, forget the combat aspect entirely. I think that while sometimes, and, and two of my players did absolutely brilliant jobs playing children characters, I think it's it can sometimes be a risky game to, to have adults trying to play children characters. And it, you know, it gets weird very fast with some groups. And I just didn't want to make that a necessity of playing in this setting. So I kind of just said, everybody that you're going to interact with, the NPCs and everything that I've written here, all adults. So don't feel like you need to play just because that's the, 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 the story you remember. This is just a setting based on it. It's a reimagining. It's not exactly the same. It's not a cookie cutter of it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I don't want people to feel like they need to, to, to play a kid in this scenario. Uh, but if they do, the most important thing is that they sit down with the group ahead of time and decide what that means for everybody. Does that mean that we're going to just outlaw combat? Are we going to outlaw, um, you know, deadly combat for kids? Or we're just going to make it like a 
you know, you just kind of get bopped on the head and pushed back, whatever, you know, whatever the, the rules you need to set for your group um, in order to make sure that everybody's completely aware. That's kind of why I put that there. It's just because somebody might want to make a kid character, you got to talk about it. Um, and, but for me, I, I, I didn't imagine this setting being used primarily with like with kid characters um i i i just i just hope that there are enough interesting and intriguing plot points in it that hopefully you know they won't necessitate there being a lot of combat i mean we went a couple sessions at a time without anything really serious happening combat wise so i'm hoping that that's the case for others if that's the game they want. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's good. Like one of my favorite um, one shots to run is like a bit of an intro to D and D um, is called cat and mouse from Kobold. And it's very, very noir. And you could play through the whole thing without drawing a weapon. Good. I love that. You absolutely I love that. could. Yeah. And, and it's kind of one of my favorites. Cause it's like, look, do you want, fighting you can do it but there's plenty of role play and there's plenty of like you can yeah. talk your way through this situation just just have that as an option try yeah, yeah. absolutely i and and look I'm, I'm i'm also not just saying you know we don't always have to have like horrific violence in our games because I know my dungeon master listens to this and he tends to hit us pretty mm -hmm. hard. So Cameron, no, don't, that's fine. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, no now we did have some really cool questions. Um, you kind of started to answer one of them. This is the question from um, uh, Robin B. BLM, otherwise known as Mustang Robbie. And they would like to know if you are working for extra adventures for Neverland because they want more okay okay so uh yes and no first thing is first i'm finishing up this conversion uh so that everything i've written so far can be played in a d10 uh in the storyteller setting uh a la changeling lost roughly based on changing the Lost. so that's done soon once that's done I am not going to add more adventures um, primarily because I, uh, I'm going to start working on other projects and also uh, some other reasons that are, I don't know. Uh, but I'm primarily what I'm going to do is going to uh, release some hooks, some plot hooks uh, to add on um, so that... Uh, maybe I could release some more of the things that give me inspiration in this setting that will hopefully give others inspiration in the setting. Um, and then that, that'll be it. I would say for that pun, um, as unintended as it may have been. I, I know. <laughs> that, that was the applause. Um, thank you. No, I, I, th I think that'd be cool. And I mean, I can even see like a horror version of this being... Like with with the right table would be very powerful. You absolutely could, and I I kind of wanted to leave it ambiguous in that way because I know that some people want 
to see a dark storytelling in Neverland and some people absolutely don't. And I kind of flip-flop both ways. So I, I get both feelings. I, I don't think that the story needs to be dark to be a retelling, but I can see it being cool that way. So I, I yeah. really wanted to leave it open to, to either interpretation. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of dichotomy. Like, I mean, when you, when you look at the original fairy tales, they are, like, you would not tell these to children these days. No. Do you know what the fight, the fight at the end of Peter Pan is called in the book? It's called the Massacre at the Jolly Roger because no pirates besides Hook and Smee survive. I was going to it's say like, that the first two words I had that came to mind were the massacre. And I didn't know if it was going to be of pirates or of another group of people. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 uh, it, you know, like we don't really need to add darkness to these stories. Like they're just kind of, it, it's interesting because it's a story told by a very sad adult. You know, uh, he's telling a children's story, but it's a sad person, a, a, a person with a lot of um, his own darkness and struggles. And he's just telling a story through his own lens and coloring it with children colors. It's not I would say it's the difference between a story made for children and a story that's being told and and told through like a children's lit lens. Hmm. It, it's just like something just slightly different because it's the, the source material is, is kind of heavy without being like forcing yourself into a grim, dark, like angsty universe. It's just, it's just very adult. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of, like, as you're saying, like there's a lot here that can be opened up in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, Pan, I, I mean, if you give him that fey lens or perspective, it's like, this is not a nice character. Like, this is absolutely the opposite of a nice character. And, like, even reading through what you've said about Wendy, where, sorry, the mothers, rather, I should say, sorry, where they have been, um hiding the most like you know mm -hmm. why are they hidden what is happening here you, you've actually left a really really beautiful rich field that any dungeon master worth the title which is most of us um yeah it's anyone go can, and play <laughs> yeah can really go all right let's open this let's open this up we can have yes. some fun Yes, there's totally uh, 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 ways you can open that pocket up and and interpret it in your in your ways. I mean, these are um, that's why these factions are are there. Kind of, they I, I would hope that anyone playing would would find ways to reinvent them and utilize them and 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 find ways to explore why they're there and why they're acting the way that they do and, and, and figure their own path out. I think that's cool. 
because I think there are too many um, adventures that are written that are like, this person is like this and that's that. I'm like, no, you don't need to. Just give me like a good point about them, a bad point about them, and I'll flesh the rest. That's my job. Yeah. I, that's, that's also a thing. I have my interpretation of this setting. You know, I, I have my own that I feel very strongly about based on how I feel about the novel, but I didn't want to make the setting tell that story. That was something that was important to me was that I didn't tell the story that I specifically interpreted because then I'm making it less enjoyable for for more people right like that's you know that that's only the people who want to hear that specific story can i ask um, more yeah. about your personal interpretation as to how you more see this like what what is your vision of um you know hook in this is he just like you know evil tim curry voice villain or is he something no. more or less no so um Hook and all the rest of the pirates, so they're undead, right? They, uh, <laughs> they're undead because, I mean, you come to this island where J.M. Barry has uh, stated is where this young boy is supposed to ferry all of the lost souls of children to this island for them to take a break and enjoy themselves on the way to paradise so that they can have a nice little break, right? Mm -hmm. uh, except at some point or another, Jamberry says that the boy that's supposed to be doing this stops doing it. So that's where we get our current like situation in Neverland, where instead of Instead of lost souls kind of passing through this paradise island to take a little respite on a long journey, you have Pan, for some reason, taking these kids uh, who are still alive to come and, and fight things with him. The pirates, however, Hook uh, and the crew of the Jolly Roger have been in a seafaring crash of some kind. They have, you know, their ship is sunk or whatever has occurred. And they are sailing their way to the afterlife and get lost. And they wind up unlucky sailing through Neverland waters. And Hook meets Pan they get into an altercation because Pan loves altercations and adventure and fun and wants to fight because it's fun. And all of a sudden, Hook loses a hand and now we have a vendetta. Now it's, I we can't leave, we can't move on. Whatever you're moving on was in your real life, it's now become this. You can't move on because... Pan has cut off your hand and you need vengeance before you can move on. So the entire crew of the Jolly Roger is stuck here in port on a nightmare island where kids just fight them every day. 
uh, and they have, um, they just continue to go through that. Uh, and I think that Hook is not necessarily a villain. I think he's a pirate. Uh, I think he's definitely like, if we're going to put him on anything, he's a lawful evil. He has a code, a very strict one. Uh, and that's his whole thing is good, good, good and form. form. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. He's very, very obsessed with that. He will not stab an unarmed enemy. He will not stab you in the back. He will not, you know, uh, do any trickery to you. He wants to face you and, and all of that. Uh, but he still will kill you. You know, he still happily will, will run you through. And Pan, on the other hand, it's, it's kind of, he'll save you, he'll kill you, but it, it's kind of a decision made completely in the moment. Um, uh, and I also like to consider the idea that Pan... And this is something that's that's canon in the setting, so that anyone can kind of make this whatever they want it to be, is that Pan is not a person. Pan is a title. So you are whoever is in charge of Neverland, whoever has signed the contract to run Neverland, is the Pan. The current one that is in my head canon is the one that is most closely resembling Peter Pan and maybe is a little bit of a terror and maybe also a chaotic evil. But you could just as easily change this entire setting by just changing who has the title of Pan. And that's one of the ways I I hope I gave some control to the players in the GM to make it whatever they want because if you want the pan of Neverland to be a chaotic good character, a neutral character, you know, like any any kind of character you can dream up that has control over the island in this time, you could change everything about that setting just by changing that yeah no i i can see quite a bit of that i mean like i said there's there's enough here that people can stamp this with their own level of ownership um and i mean it, it but it, it also provides like enough like look you could be very linear with this or you can really open this up and i can see how this would be like what you might use to say like break up an overly serious um campaign or even use as like okay well we've just had tpk um here's what happens next well yeah because the whole appeal of neverland right hmm. is that uh you know peter pan gives you know gives you the option to escape somewhere where your problems don't exist so if you're a party that's like at the edge of death you're fighting an enemy that is way too big for your britches you accidentally just you rushed in or whatever this would be a perfect time for pan to swoop in and be like well you want to not have to deal with this 
Because I got a place we can go. You should uh, not have said that to Tia Matt. She's very upset. And by the way, that's not how we talk to a lady. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it could be just a time where you escape this situation. Uh, and through storytelling, level up yourselves a bit and then come back and get dropped off right back in the middle of that combat you were about to lose uh, three sessions ago and kind of have a yeah a better chance. Yeah, and, that, and that's one way. That people like change class or, or things like that. It's like, no, you have undergone a very different you know, an, an experience which will change how you potentially define yourself. You are no longer a cleric, you're now a paladin. You know, you, you could have... I mean, there's a lot you of potential fun with this, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely, 100%. Yeah. I mean, you know, Warlock, Pact of the Fae, like, your patron is Pan. And... Mm-hmm. That could be fun. Sure could. But playing as someone who had his character killed so he could change his archetype as part of a campaign thing. It's like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's a good way to do it. Yes. Yeah, no, that's so fun. I love that. It was it was good. It was good fun. Poor Griefo. He died. <sighs> oh. Well, yeah, he was a tabaxi rogue and it's like, look, I want to play this different archetype. Sure, Josh, but we have to kill your character. Yep, fair enough. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes that's going to happen, but I do oh. love a good tabaxi rogue. Sometimes the best thing you can offer... you can. Pardon? It's a sneaky cat. What's better yeah. than a sneaky cat? Well, I do see in the notes that apparently Avalon is the best cat. Yes, she's the best cat. Uh, although she gave me this, which is my world's best cat trophy. Oh. It's my most prized possession. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my dad. Uh, so she's the co-host to my podcast and she's the one who sort of gave me the shove to, to do this. Um, she's my best friend, my, my, you know, she's the, the thing, the everything. I will confess I had thought you had an actual cat by the name of Avalon. No, 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 no. Human person. <laughs> Human person, just we call each other cats. I don't know. Just there's no there's no explanation. Nothing wrong with that. Doesn't need okay. explanation. It's cute and beautiful. Keep it. Great. <laughs> um now we do kind of have Okay. Babette has asked a bunch of questions yeah whoo we gotta hear him what is your favorite plot hook okay we are uh, booing Babette internally okay so uh my favorite plot hook is the first one which is in included in the setting which is that um there's a new pirate aboard the jolly roger and Pan wants to check it out. Her name is Red-Handed Jill. Awesome. I did see that, that in there. Is it? Yeah. Cool. Do Neverland-related TikToks tick you off? 
as funny as that pun is, yes, there are some that do because there are a ton of them that are like, you know, like what if Peter Pan was like a, a complete, like a serial killer in like, they do a lot of, there are a lot that are just like reimaginings of it that are like they so dark and like so yeah. grim that I just like, yeah. but you know, I'm never, yeah. it's not, not anything I'm going to complain about. It's just like, I, not for me. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd be in the same school there. <laughs> um, if your comedic bard keeps rolling nat ones. <laughs> Say it. I love puns, but honestly, um, does that mean the jokes never land? Yes, that is correct. The answer is yes to that one. There's nothing else to say. I also Babs have questions. Um, like, you don't need to roll for bardic inspiration or vicious mockery, so... That is true. That is true, but that is a good pun. <laughs> it's, 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 it's all right. It's pretty good. And um, is the biggest insult in the game... Oh, grow up. I would say that it is absolutely, absolutely canon that that would be an insult in Neverland if you were playing with kid characters. If you are playing with adult characters, obviously that kind of doesn't make sense. But if you were playing it with kid characters, totally, totally fits. And so, is actually so kind of really, agree that that's pretty canon. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, right. absolutely. Cool. But then you, you've got canon. There you go. Um, mm -hmm. Now, the last question I always ask is, um, <clears throat> sorry, um, Diana, what do you do? What, what, what's your self-care look like when you can do it in this crazy time? Yeah, when I can do it. Um, so good smelling candles, crucial to me so crucial um that i i genuinely i this is like super juicy but I definitely i take baths and i like to um just hug my dog and not do anything for a little while is like I, I tend to be a person that has like like multiple projects simultaneously happening at at all times and then like you know they're kind of like stacked on top of one another and over you know overlapping in different ways and stuff so mm. to just like sit in a bathtub and like play Animal Crossing for half an hour or whatever with like, or like, like just anything that's just yeah. not involving moving forward in any way is a good self-care. I know someone else who has too many overlapping projects at the moment. <laughs> is it uh, you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it all of us right now? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well. 
just think we're, we're past the halfway mark for 2020. That's not, I don't even believe in that. I don't even, I'm not even convinced that time is a thing anymore. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I, my birthday was like just a few weeks ago and I feel like, I feel like it's been a year. <laughs> like I have no concept of, of mm. time anymore. Yep. Can definitely definitely relate there um mm -hmm. now, cool. so we're, we're gonna call it um there now um diana people can go to is it drive through rpg and buy this they can go to drive through rpg if you want to just go to superdylan.com you'll see all the things that i do which is including the neverland uh setting which is uh super dylan is spelt weird s-u-p-e-r D-I-L-L-I-N uh, dot com and then you'll be able to find all the things um, including Neverland, including Neverland merch and stuff if that's a thing that you care about um, but also you know, just other stuff uh, uh, streams that I'm going to be on or that I'm hosting and applications and stuff so that that's where you can find me Very cool um, excellent. And, um, I, I do want to say again, Dylan, uh, Diana, uh, almost, almost made it the whole thing. Um, You're good. thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for your work. It's, it's good stuff. And I think there's, there's a lot that can be taken out of this. No, thank you so much again for having me. This is really cool. Not a problem. And, um, I, I, of course, can be found at Nerdy People D and D. Um, people, please go to the iTunes thing or use your podcast thing to give us a nice review because um, we've definitely noticed a little bit of a pickup in numbers, which is lovely. But I think pretty well all these conversations are good and can make us much better at doing the TTRPG thing that we do. Cool, Diana. Thank you again. You're welcome. Thank you.